Kids love movies. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, Audio Description provides access to the visual images that sighted kids enjoy. The benefits of Audio Description in Education Baby Contest, sponsored by ACB's Audio Description Project and the Described and Captioned Media Program, wants those kids to experience Audio Description and then tell us about it. You have a chance to win prizes for yourself and your teacher. Just go to www.dcmp.org slash learn slash 658 to enter and keep on enjoying audio description. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everyone, to our Apple presentation for this afternoon. And I am Sheila, your Zoom host, and I would like to introduce the wonderful certified Apple teacher, Mr. Matt Balbrick. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate the intro. We're uh, all set to get started today. I am going to be joined, I think, by trainer Cliff, who should be here soon if he's not already. And we are going to talk about blogging and websites today. I'm very excited about this. It's something kind of unique, something you don't hear a whole lot about all the time. And we're going to start out with a little bit of a social media component, because I know a lot of people wonder, if I'm trying to get a presence on the web, should I use Facebook and Twitter? Should I make a website? What what are the options and, and what are the benefits? There are a lot of small businesses out there now that use Facebook as their means of communicating with the audience. Maybe even a restaurant will post uh, their menus on Facebook and, you know, that's fine. That's, that's certainly one way of, of doing things. Um, I suppose one of the big advantages to that is there's really no cost up front. Anybody can create a Facebook page. Once they create a personal Facebook account, they can they can create a business page uh, underneath of that personal account. And um, there's really a lot of options there. Again, you can, um, you know, you can create uh, contact forms, uh, information. Uh, people put restaurant menus and hours and announcements. People even put events. You've heard of Facebook events, right? And people can sign up to go to the event or or ask questions and so on. So it's a really popular way to kind of get started. Now, the accessibility of the business aspect of Facebook is mixed. At least it was the last time I tried it. I will be upfront with you. I'm not really a big fan of of Facebook uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, some related to privacy and security, among other things. So it's not really my favorite way of, of doing things, but it is an option for those that really want to pursue it. Just know that you might have to get some sighted assistance at certain points. And so that's another drawback where there might be something better out there. And for me, that is creating an actual website or at least a blog. And I want to define kind of what the difference is today between the two. I want to talk about the apps that we can use, at least the one that, that both Cliff and I use. Um, and 
sort of some some best practices. So, um, a blog. What actually is a blog? Um, think of a blog as a sort of a combination of a uh, a news you know, magazine or newspaper and a journal. All right. That's kind of what it is. So you can use a blog for anything, news announcements, um, you know, reflections, whatever you want to write on a blog. And there's a lot of, a lot of ways to get blogs for free. And I think that trainer Cliff may have just joined us as well. I'll give him a minute, a minute to get situated and uh, we can, you know, get him unmuted. I'm sure. Now, anyway, um, a blog is, is, can, can be created for free, okay? It does not require your own actual website. There are a lot of websites that host blogs. Um, one of the well-known ones is Blogspot. One of the most popular ones is, is WordPress. And we're going to actually – yes, yes, okay. we can hear you. We can also hear voiceover, just so you know. Oh, um, okay. Let me get that taken care of then. I'm, I'm going to leave okay. it. I'll come back. Okay. So, um, WordPress is one of the most well-known blog creation sites and you can sign up for a blog for free. You can call it whatever you want and you can basically just start writing blog posts. A post is a blog entry or a news article. You might think of it as, you know, um, a lot of people blog and it's a great way to um, kind of begin to get a presence in the world of social media and on the web. As time has gone by, blogs have permitted more and more features, um, including, you know, adding of photos and sometimes even media, sometimes even linking to other websites. One of the main drawbacks to a blog is it's not going to be your own web address. You know, if I'm, if I'm trying to create my own website, I don't want to have to tell people, well, my web address is, you know, wordpress.com slash blogs slash, you know, whatever. It's, it's not going to be as easy for search engines to find me that way. And it's not going to be as uh, straightforward to give to people or to put on business cards or, or what have you. And so it's really not uh, the most ideal way to create a website. If we want to really, really get our presence out there, we want to have a full-fledged website. And the, the great thing is that both blogging and actual website creation is entirely accessible. Um, I do it on the iPad. Trainer Cliff does it on the iPad as well. And uh, you can also do it on the Mac. Um, the... Uh, the, there are a couple of things that you need in order to have a website. You need a web host who is going to actually host your website. Because unless you want to spend thousands of dollars on a high-end server and the possible maintenance that goes with it, um, you want to have somebody else hosting it, right? We can buy our own servers. They're not cheap. And there also is not going to be the same level of redundancy if we only have one server. So if something would happen, our website would go down, and that's not what you want. You want a company that specializes in web hosting, that has you know multiple servers, and, and they give you a, 
a spot on a server that they already have. And so then there's redundancy, or maybe they give you your own dedicated server in some cases, but either way, it's a professional company that, uh, that specializes in, um, in, in hosting. Uh, Cliff says he's in, but he must be an audience member uh, right now. It's possible that he's under my name as well, because we do, um, he may have come in on, on my, uh, on our shared um, Zoom account, I'm not sure, uh, but he says he is in. Um, so th- you need a web host. That's that's the first thing you need. The second thing you need is some kind of software to create your website. Now, for years, this was done manually. Back in the early days of of uh, the internet, really being you know pos- really being. Uh, uh, popular with consumers, right? When it first had its big boom in the late nineties, I'm talking, you know, 1997, 98, 99, there were a lot of web, uh, a lot of internet providers that would give people a small amount of web space. It seemed huge at the time, but it really wasn't, you know, uh, and they'd give you several megabytes and, and you could create your own personal website. And um, even if you created a business website, you know, you had a couple of choices. What a lot of people did was, uh, pure HTML. HTML is the code at, at its most basic level in which websites are written. And a lot of people were learning HTML and they'd open up a um, notepad document. You all remember notepad in Windows and they'd manually type the HTML uh, that they wanted. And this is, um, you know, it worked. It got the, the job done. I actually created... Can you hear me, Matt? Yes. Okay. Are we yes. talking about WordPress or what are you talking about right now? Well, just kind of giving a little bit of a history uh, before we get into WordPress and, and then, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, I actually created a, a website that way in pure HTML before, but it, it's very, very um, time consuming. It's very complex. And, you know, if you get one little thing wrong in the code, of course, you can have major problems with your website. The other thing is it's rather limiting because... HTML is actually static. In other words, it doesn't do anything. It will display a page. It will display text. It will display, uh, you know, certain colors and maybe even a photo. But all of the really exciting visual things that happen that um, folks who can see really like, you know, banners that fly across the page or rotating uh, sliders, as they're called, which, you know, will feature different products or different announcements that, that move and that change or, you know, video that plays on the website. None of these things work with just HTML. They require extra scripting that goes above and beyond. And so manually coding your websites just didn't make a lot of sense after a while. And so there were some early apps. Some of the most well-known ones were uh, like Adobe Page Mill and Adobe Go Live. Um, there were several others. As a matter of fact, that Microsoft Office used to have a lot of web page templates. Um, the, the code that Office used was very, very uh, superfluous. It put a lot of extra code in its websites, and that really wasn't the greatest thing. So, you know, progress was being made slowly. Apple even actually um, had its hand in that for a while with an app called iWeb. And they used to, before there was iCloud, there was MobileMe. Some of you might remember that. MobileMe used to include some personal web space. And what a lot of people discovered, Apple included, is that the average consumer wasn't interested in creating personal websites. 
if they wanted to do personal stuff, they would create a Facebook account, a Twitter, and you know, and then there's Instagram and all those things, you know. And so they, it wasn't really popular. And Apple, like a lot of other internet providers, kind of discontinued the personal web space aspect of things in favor of focusing on more important things that people were actually using. And pretty soon, iWeb was kind of shelved as well. Um, and really, uh, to be honest with you, by the time voiceover was a real big thing and, you know, accessibility in every single app uh, was a real big thing. By that point, iWeb was already out of the picture. There, there was never really a fully accessible um, version of iWeb. It, it sort of worked with voiceover uh, back in probably Leopard and Snow Leopard. But when um, when the most recent version of uh, iWork was released on the App Store, you know, iWeb, just like iDVD, never, uh, you know, never made the the crossing. So, um, you know, people were left wondering what they were going to do if they really did want to create a website. And it quickly became apparent that we'd leave that to the big boys. You know, we'd leave that to the companies that were really designing uh, web creation software. So again, we have our web host, which is our servers where the, the site is going to be hosted. And then we have to figure out, okay, what software are we going to use? What began happening? Um, Probably in the maybe around 2006, 2007, somewhere in there, it began to really be popular to use web-based tools to create your website. That is, instead of, you know, purchasing or downloading some kind of an app, you would just go to a website and this website would have its own software, a web resident app. This is really the early days of the cloud, right? And um, what they're actually called is content management systems because you're managing the content of your website. There are many different content management systems and they have to be installed on whatever server you're using. So you have to tell your web host, hey, I want to use, for example, WordPress, which is the one we're going to focus on. And that host can then install WordPress. WordPress is not the only kid on the block, but it was one of the first because it was already around for blog purposes. As I mentioned, it's one of the most famous for creating blogs. And so it was easy for them to transition into software. And one of the nice things about WordPress is that it was open source. So many, many people were actively developing it. Now that also was one of its weaknesses in my view at one point, but there's a, a good answer to that that I'm going to get to in a minute. So it really was uh, kind of where things started. WordPress web resident app, you just have your web host install it on their server. Simple as that. Well, as time went on, there were some issues with WordPress, a lot of them because it was open source. So what happened was many people were developing for WordPress. Not a lot of people were giving true support for it. So if you were not a real expert and you ran into a problem, you could be really you know, going weeks without an active functional website. And so companies began to address that problem by combining hosting with content management. In other words, the same company that would host also wrote the web creation software. Some of the early companies to do this were companies like Weebly, Squarespace, Wix, uh, and there's probably a few others. And what they offered you was, you know, a combination plan that you purchase and you pay every month and you would get your hosting, but you'd also get all the tools you need to create the website. And this was a lot more uh, easily managed because now 
the hosting company could also provide support on creating the website. And, you know, it was really uh, a very popular thing. Most of them were not very accessible. But at some point, and I don't know the exact turning point, the company behind WordPress called Automatic decided to mirror that same model. Now, they still offer the free WordPress uh, content management system or CMS that, you know, other hosts can install on their servers. They still have that aspect of things for people that want to go that route. But there is also the commercial WordPress.com company. And they, like Weebly, Squarespace, and Wix, offer combination plans that include hosting and different tools to create your website using the WordPress platform. They have multiple plans, which is great. They have this free plan that's just the blogging uh, that I talked about. Then you could go up to um, several other plans, and with each plan, they unlock more features. They unlock more storage so that you can store more, you know, videos and photos and downloadable files and things like that on your website. They, um, not only do they offer more storage with higher end plans, they offer uh, additional templates so that, and I'll talk a little more about what a template is shortly, but um, basically it's, it's the theme of your website. How does it look? What are the colors you know, what, what's the overall layout of the site. And so they offer, you know, more of those as you get in higher plans. And actually in some of the plans, you can even have your own custom third-party themes or templates that you can install and uh, upload and, and use those. Um, they offer more features that, you know, it, it, some of the plans uh, have only, you know, basic pages and, and blog posts and, you know, photos and links and stuff like that. As you get higher plans, uh, they offer contact forms. They offer integration with uh, like Google Maps if you want to give people directions to your business. They offer a button that allows you to accept payments with PayPal. Um, and they offer, of course, video players and audio players right on their web pages and YouTube integration and you know all of these types of things. And then as you get into really high-end plans, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot one too. They offer calendar uh, event event uh, creation or, or calendar integrations. And then as you get into these really high-end plans, they actually offer full e-commerce solutions. So you can, um, you can actually take credit card payments and accept Apple Pay, and you can install, um, you know, support chat bots and, and other systems on your website. And you can uh, create gift registries and, and newsletters, you know, and all sorts of things like that. And again, it just depends on how much you want to spend per month or per, or per year. Um, they even offer this, um, this idea where, uh, you know, you, you want maybe to have um, your own, of course, your own. I, I talked earlier about how you're going to want your own domain, you know, myname.com or mybusiness.com. You can purchase those. They, are, they have a partnership. Automatic, the company behind WordPress, has a partnership with Google. Google, in case some of you don't know, you know, they, of course, everybody knows Google has Gmail, right, for their free users. But Google also has a thing called G Suite, uh, where they offer your domain email. Again, how do people get their own domain? You know, <laughs> customer service at johnsmith.com, you know, community at acb.org. How, how does that happen? 
Are we again paying for our own servers so that we can host that? Most people don't, not in this day and age, because it's not practical. Instead, there are companies that do it. And you would be surprised how many companies are behind um, the, the G Suite walled garden. You'd, you'd be very surprised how many of them. A lot of school districts that have their own school district domain are actually using G Suite. A lot of other companies are actually using G Suite. Now, somebody like Apple probably has their own servers, all right? But there's a, you know, a, a, what, multi-trillion dollar company, okay? So they can afford redundant servers and they have to anyway, um, you know, because of the, the things that they offer, iCloud and so on. Although for a while, they were outsourcing a lot of their cloud services to, um, I think it was Ekamide or Amazon cloud services or something, you know, again, even they were outsourcing some of that stuff, but they do also own their own server, what they call server farms. But again, that's a, a you know, billion trillion dollar company, whereas individuals, small businesses, schools, churches, you know, um, even, even medium sized businesses, it's not going to make sense to have your own servers nor is it going to be practical because of all the staff you have to hire to maintain them. And so you use services like Google's G Suite, which you, nobody knows it's G Suite unless they're part of your organization. You know, when you send to, uh, for example, I use um, info at ttjtech.net is my email address. Nobody knows that's hosted at G Suite unless I tell them that. Uh, all they know is that's my domain and, and ttjtech.net is my domain. And that's done because I have WordPress and then I have that G Suite uh, add-on to my WordPress plan. And that gives me a lot of other features besides just email. Um, but that's the primary one that I use. And, and if somebody might say, well, is the extra cost? You know, it's like $6 a month to get G Suite Basic or something like that, um, which includes the domain email. And if somebody say, well, is that really worth it? Do I really need that? Yes, a lot of times you do because a lot of websites and features and tools and stuff will block your email if it's not from your own domain because they'll think you're fraudulent or they'll think you're not you know and so having that uh, email at your own domain is is very very good for professional reasons now i'll be the first to admit i don't prime that info at ttjtech.net is not the one i primarily use i typically use the tech juggernaut at icloud.com because i prefer icloud over Gmail a thousand percent. I just, I don't care for the way Google <laughs> uh, does its, its email stuff. It's some weird quirky things about it, but I have it and sometimes I have to use it. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, so that's kind of an overview of the different aspects of what you need. And, and Cliff, you had uh, for the longest time, a blog on WordPress and then eventually transitioned to a paid um, web hosting plan from WordPress like I did. You want to tell the folks a little about that? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, depending on what you get. So if you get a free one, you have a few choices. Um, Something.net, WordPress.com, and I think there's another one. I don't think org is in there, but there's another free one. But when I transitioned, it became my own. So instead of startup.wordpress.com, it's startup.com. I mean, flat out. I mean, and that's my email address. And that's all I use now for across the board. And I get other privileges like, I mean, you know, because me and you post on each other's blogs together and both have administrative privileges. So I can go in and change my homepage. I can um, 
you know, put posts that I want to be refreshed. I can, you know, put in a, uh, a little more extra stuff. You get more templates and plugins, as they call them, to work with on your homepage to make it look more appealing to the public eye. And you, I think you even get, if you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but your blog would be higher in the search engine as if it was a free one. You might come up on the third or fourth page, but being in the page, you're probably going to come up in the first 10 or 20 results when somebody's searching for a certain keyword or category that you have listed on your blog. So. Yeah, that that <clears throat> that search engine placement is is huge, and having your own domain is a a major factor there. And we'll talk and about I got that it, and I got it on a great deal too, because I got a uh, two years for a for a for a one year price, so I got a great deal on mine. Right, right, absolutely, and and that's what I did too. And I I started out with one of the WordPress plans. It was called the the premium plan, but I wanted to actually be able to accept true credit cards and Apple Pay, and all of that stuff. And so I moved up to the, the next plan above that um, so that I could do that. And I, I actually had planned to have all that ready to go by the middle of last year. And then with all the COVID stuff happening, we just kind of redirected our attention to, you know, more of the, we were doing the iPad lending and the free help sessions and all that stuff. And so I kind of put the, the website um, upgrades on the back burner, uh, it, it, they're still going to happen. And I already, you know, I already am paying for the plan that allows me to do it. And as a matter of fact, I've actually done all the back end work already. There's a lot of stuff you have to configure when you're going to accept credit cards uh, and Apple Pay. And um, I could not even begin to tell you what the steps were, to be honest with you. I, I literally read the email guide that they sent me when I, you know, upgraded and I followed it to the letter. I had to copy these long keys, these long numbers, you know, to different places. And you had to do a, like a test uh, to, to ensure that it would work. It was a whole, you know, a whole big thing. It wasn't, it wasn't hard. It just was, I, I would never be able to tell you what the steps were um, without looking at them myself, but that's all done. Praise God. I mean, all the back end stuff is ready now what it's a matter of for me is designing pages and buttons that allow um, you know, people to click add to cart and, you know, all those different types of things. And that is not done from scratch either. And it's not done by code. You don't have to worry about that. You know, there are uh, templates and, 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 you know, all of that for those purposes, but it does take time, which brings me to the next thing that I want to talk about, which is, um, when you're designing a website, you know, what do you need to uh, keep in mind and, and, and how does the process actually work? And one of the most important pieces of advice that I can give to you is figure out ahead of time what you want your website to look at. I'm, look like, excuse me, look like. I'm not suggesting to you that you have to have the whole thing figured out you know, either in your head or, you know, on in your notes app or anything like that. I'm not saying you got to have every aspect of it figured out. Things will change. You'll get ideas as you do it. Nor am I saying that um, you you have to, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that it can't change in the future once you create it. But it is really important to get a rough idea of what you want on your website and how you want it to be laid out. How do you get that idea? Well, one of the greatest earthly ways that I can suggest to you to do it is by looking at other people's websites. 
especially other people who are doing the same kinds of things you're doing. You know, if you're if you're running a uh, a restaurant, you maybe look at other restaurant websites. If you're if you're running some sort of a, you know, if, if it's a church website, see what other churches are doing. If it's, you know, some sort of a small business, in my case, being a, a you know, a technology business, I, I was looking, there's not a whole lot of um, local tech businesses that I knew of. There, there are training websites. And then in our community, we have a, a like a computer uh, repair place that does PC repair and stuff. So I looked at them. I looked at Apple because, you know, we, I, I'm all Apple. So, I, you know, I went to their website for a lot of guidance and, and a lot of the other websites I follow, you know, and you just get ideas and you, you get a vision for what you're going to create. This is one of the most important things that I can stress to you almost more than anything else. Because I can't tell you how many times I've had customers come to me asking me to design a website for them and thinking that I would also be responsible for providing the content. And that's not really a reasonable request because I don't know you. I don't know your business. I don't know what you want, you know, so I can't really do that. I can, I can only work within the confines of what you give me. The first website that I had um, when I first started out, was designed by someone else. And, and they asked me for a Word document at the time. And in that Word document, I had to put every single web link and then I had to list, okay, on this page, this page is going to be called home. Now here's the text of the home page. And if I wanted a link, I had to put in parentheses, link to, and put, you know, what that would link to. If I wanted a photo, I had to put a placeholder in the text in parentheses and say, put a photo here, you know, web design, that term design is kind of misleading. Uh, web design companies don't do content design. Now, some will if you're willing to pay extra. Some will if you're willing to pay that kind of money. But now you're looking at like marketing firms, right? Now you're looking at companies who design commercials and, and things like that because now you are asking them to design slogans and, and you know, taglines and, and verbiage and stuff like that, which is not what most web design companies are going to do. What you're going to find with most companies that are just pure web design, to be honest with you, is most of them are, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I'm just being humorous, but most of them are computer nerds. <laughs> that, that's really what they are. Uh, it, some of them might be also good at design. You know, my, my mom is my visual design partner when I do websites. And, and so as far as making sure that it looks good, where should this photo go? Does it need to be larger? Does it need to be moved? What color scheme should we use? That, that's her area of expertise if, if it's needed. But again, that's an extra thing too. If the customer knows what they want, that's even better. But, but there's still, my mom is, is there to make sure it's actually going to work the way the customer envisions it. You know, So most of your web design companies though, as I say, if... If you get the right one, they're also good at that design stuff in case you need it as backup. But most of them truly are computer nerds and, and they know how to make it work from a technical perspective, but you've got to give them what you want. So I cannot stress that enough that the, the number one thing is that you got to have a vision for your site. And Cliff, you kind of did because you asked me to assist, but you really gave me all the information. And, and actually you ended up doing most of the, the heavy lifting yourself. Where did you go to kind of figure out what you wanted on your site? 
just a matter of copying yours. <laughs> but no, I mean, because we we both are in pretty much the same line of work. I mean, you do a little more than I do right. with consulting with TV providers and doing some setup. But when it comes to training and, and uh, you know, tech support and stuff like that, I'm pretty much in the same boat because, you know, we both have our um, – uh, Apple teacher certification. I'm currently working on my Apple certified support professional thing um, for the Mac. And I mean, so again, I mean, if if anything, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I didn't copy it directly, but I modeled it a little bit because it, again, it was down the same line. I mean, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, and you tend to get a lot of traffic. So I figured if I mirrored the same thing and went with a, a, a little bit of a spin this way or that way and put my own little spin on like, you know, yeah, I mean, because as you know, I do more than just tech support. I, you know, I have a podcast where I talk about sports and we're both involved in, you know, the committed walk with Christ um, mailing list. And we do a podcast once a week or once a month there. So I get a, a little more traffic with that aspect. But I also have separate blogs for that. I mean, they're not paid, but they, you know, they show up on my stirredup.com page so people know that they're there. So, um it, it just it's just a matter of you know getting the vision sitting down figuring out what you want to do because you don't want to clutter people with too much information but you do want them to know what you offer as a whole so you you just have to kind of outline it and make it simple as possible but at the same time get them the information of how to contact you what you can offer and what you can consult them so if somebody contacts me and says you know what's the best tv service for me to to to, to if i want to cut the cord i'm like well these are my ideas but if you want you know Know, somebody who's done it a little bit longer than me or has a little more experience then i would refer them to your website so they can get a hold of you so it's you know it kind of goes hand in hand so if i don't know i send them to you <laughs> is everybody still here yeah i don't know what happened to matt he didn't have a him, he might have got a phone call because that tends to happen sometimes on ours. There I am. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. I, I had to mute for just a second, and I was trying to get back to it, but I, I uh, had to walk for a second. I'm sorry about that. I, I, I didn't I, talk uh, long enough for you. That's what it was. You, you, you were about you were about uh, 15 seconds too short. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, um, but but if I don't know, I send him to you. So I mean, that's that's basically how it goes. Well, and that's the thing. And, and of course, you and I, you know, we work together in that way. But you do bring up a good point, which is that there is nothing wrong with sort of copying layouts of other websites. That is not illegal. It is not unethical. You obviously can't copy somebody's, you know, whatever. I mean, there's, you, know, you know where the boundaries are. Or if you don't, you can find out pretty easily. Uh, you know, actual content is a different matter. But there's nothing um, it's not illegal to copy people's HTML code if you can find code or at least the layout. If you like a link that a website, you know, the way that they do it, you can you can do that. Uh, absolutely. OK, so I think the um, I think the next thing that I want to 
just one thing I did talk about. I don't know if you mentioned or not because I I was in and out a little bit because I had a little bit going on with some deliveries. But um, did you um go over the fact? I mean, you might not even know that with the Mac OS server, you're allowed to host your own website like WordPress does. It's a little complicated, and it's actually there's actually a whole article on it. Your buddy Tim Kilburn sent it to me when I was talking about doing it because, of course, he knows how to do it. But <laughs> you can actually host your own uh your own domain on uh, OS a uh, Mac OS server so and that is that's one of those things again where because uh, I did I did talk a little bit about uh, the whole idea of doing you know using your own server and I think the biggest thing that would be a, a hang up for most people would be the fact that really to have the guarantee I mean a Mac is going to be certainly the most reliable um, you know, when compared with a PC, but to have that guaranteed uptime, that reliability, you would almost certainly need to have more than one server to have that redundancy, I guess, probably, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and if you're like me and you're just lazy, you just want it all in one place anyway, so. <laughs> well, that's just it. I think that, you know, allowing, allowing the folks that do that professionally uh, to do it, you know, makes, there's something to be said for that. Um, so when we've decided on all of that and we've actually, uh, you know, created our website hosting account and all of these other things, uh, one of the first things you must do, especially if you're going the WordPress route is to pick a theme and the theme I mentioned earlier is like a template. Okay. There are dozens of them included in you know, even some of the most basic plans and they have these premium themes. And again, some of the plans even allow you to find your own from theme companies and upload them and all that. But um, the theme determines a lot about the website. Um, it determines uh, what the color scheme options are. It determines what the background options are. Sometimes it determines, it definitely determines layout. You know, is it in columns? Is it, um, you know, are, are there going to be, um, how are blog posts laid out? How are the, uh, the primary links laid out? Um, is it responsive to a mobile device? Uh, you know, those kinds of things. And um, in some cases, you can customize those things later. Um, a lot of the themes do have customization options. And then other times you can go even deeper with customizations through what's called plugins, which are like little apps you can install in WordPress or what they call custom CSS, which CSS is, again, coding that you can write to sort of override some of the theme defaults. But here again, there's two things to keep in mind there. One is that both custom CSS and uh, the... Um, the plugins, uh, both of those are not available in the lower end uh, Word pl WordPress plans. You have to have one of the higher priced plans to accept third-party plugins and custom CSS. The second thing you have to remember is that once you do that, you're adding more potential failure points. You know, if something goes wrong, um, it, it, can, it can literally break the entire website until it's fixed. I've actually seen that happen. Um, so, you, you know, you really have to be very cautious about those things, uh, but they are available. Um, the best thing you can do is to pick a theme that 
A, has a lot of customization options built in, and B, kind of has already the overall look and options and functionality that you're going for. And so, you know, when you sign up for a WordPress account and you actually create your first website, um, they're going to ask you the most basic questions. What's the title of your site? You can change it later, but they're going to ask you that. They're going to ask you what your tagline is if you have one. Um, you know, the things like Stouffer's, nothing comes closer to home, you know, those sorts of things, the slogan kind of. Um, they're going to ask you for a, a logo. And so you'll have to already know what that is. There's some uh, free royalty free ones they let you pick from if you don't care as much, you know. Um, and then there's, uh, there's the question of what theme and you're going to pick a theme right away. And again, it can be changed later, but I don't recommend doing that uh, on a whim once you've really designed your website because it can drastically change a number of aspects of the site. So it can be done later. And, and some, people, uh, some people even suggest it every few years. You know, they say it's a good idea to keep your site fresh. But again, you need to know what you're going into when you do that because um, it, it's, it can be a complicated process. It can change a lot of things about your site. So you're going to pick a theme initially. And when you pick a theme, you can read the theme descriptions. You can read lists of like bullet points, the features that are included in a theme. And there are even some themes that specifically say they've got accessibility built in. And this, of course, for us is so important. Uh, we want to have all the websites we visit be accessible. So why wouldn't we want the websites we design to also be accessible? Of course we would. And that's... Um, that's a very important thing to, to uh, remember. So when we are designing a website, we may want to look for a theme that has built-in accessibility. And how does that translate? What does that mean? For one thing, uh, it, it probably means no CAPTCHAs, although I'll be honest with you, WordPress doesn't use CAPTCHAs. WordPress claims that they are able to filter the spam out without needing the CAPTCHAs. Um, And, and sometimes places will use like a math problem or something. WordPress claims to not even need to be able to do that. They can do it all behind the scenes. So that's great. You know, um, the other thing accessibility built in means is if you go to ttjtech.net, for example, on your iPhone and you start swiping to the right, you'll hear this button that says menu and widgets. And if you leave the voiceover cursor there, voiceover will actually say um, double tap to expand the the menu or something. I forget what the exact wording is, but it says that to you. That is the kind of thing that they mean when they say accessibility built in. They've got these hints. They've got all the proper link labeling and everything like that. Cause you'd be surprised. Now, I would have thought in this day and age that you couldn't find a, a theme that wouldn't be accessible, but that's just not true. There are some that you know, certain aspects of the theme are not accessible. Certain aspects of the site are not accessible. So if you, uh, if you can find a website uh, theme that says it has built-in accessibility, this is great. This is a really good idea. Um, and again, the theme is going to determine so much about your site. So it's not such a terrible thing to have a sighted user there to, to bounce this off of. Have them look at it. Have them, um, ha I just have them see what, 
they think, you know, does this, does this show what I'm trying to show? Does it, does it look good? Is it overcrowded? You know, because of course, look, we want to be able to do these things independently and really, and truly we can, but we also have to remember a good portion of the visitors uh, to most websites are going to be cited as well. So, you know, we don't want something that's going to just be good for voiceover users and, and not have any visual appeal, right? So, you know, the best solution is one in which we've got the best of both worlds. We've got the accessibility built in. We've got a good, um, good layout, you know, but it also looks good. It also is uh, visually and, and sort of pleasant to navigate and has the features that are going to pull out the parts of the content that we really want. Okay. So you create your, um, your website. There's some settings that you can tweak right away so that, you know, people go to a certain homepage when they visit and all those kinds of things. And then you start creating pages. And again, this is why I say to you, get an idea up front what you want your website to look at. One of the most important aspects of a website is its main homepage. The first page you go to when you visit something.com or whatever, you know, and Another very important aspect is the primary navigation link. Uh, these are the menus that have the links like, you know, home, contact us, products, services, um, you know, support, whatever. That's one of the most important things you're going to need to have in your mind because you have to create those pages. And when you create those pages, you can start editing those pages. But you don't want to just put a whole bunch of clutter on your main homepage, right? Your main homepage, you don't want it to have your bio, your contact information, and your your list of products, right? You want to have your homepage kind of be a, a greeting, a welcome, maybe an overview of what you offer. And then you want links, you know, um, a bio. Your, your bio might be on an about me page, right? You know, your contact information might be on a contact us page. And maybe instead of just displaying contact information, you want a contact form. And, um, your products, you know, you want a separate page for those. And if you have media to display, maybe you want a media gallery or if you, you know, and again, some of it can be on the main homepage in the form of sliders too. That's a really great thing. Um, I don't have it set up that way right now on my current website, but I, I did have a, at one point, one of the iterations of it did have testimonial sliders that appeared on every page, which a lot of, you know, companies do that. Um, so, you know, there's all sorts of different things, but you've got to get this in mind and you've got to figure out what am I trying to say? What do I want to, what, what's most important to me? And then how does that translate into a primary navigation menu? My top links or my, on my particular website, they're not actually on the top. They're, they're kind of along the side uh, of the website, but they're still primary navigation. Right. And, and, um, you know, you need to, when you create the theme, uh, or when you choose the theme, rather, you need to find out how many primary navigation links it even supports. If it's enough for what you want, or if it isn't enough, does it support sublinks? Um, maybe you maybe you've seen these uh, websites with like uh, hover over. You know, like you'd have a link that says about us, but if you leave your cursor there for a second then this menu of links underneath it pops out that has things that are relevant to about us like um our mission our history our our company structure you know these are other links underneath it 
you can click on, you know, uh, products, for example, maybe when you hover over products then it has underneath it, you know, appliances, computers, um, home theater, you know, all these kinds of sublinks, uh, but they sort of appear as if out of nowhere, <laughs> Uh, when you hover over them, they used to call them mouse over uh, links, but of course mice are becoming uh, sort of uh, obsolete for a lot of folks too. Um, so this is uh, another way of doing things if, you're, if your theme doesn't support a lot of primary navigation links, but you got to find that out. And again, here's another thing about primary navigation links. If you have too many, it's going to look cluttered. All right. There is a balance between giving people what they need and then making it that it's so cluttered that the text is so small that it's just not legible. Um, I, I have probably the extent of what I will ever put on my top navigate uh, primary navigation as far as, you know, if I ever change it, then something's going to have to be restructured because I don't know that I would add any more links to it. I think it's probably about where it can be before it starts to look kind of not so good. You know, it, it's fine the way it is now. My mom is extremely picky and it, it is definitely fine right now, but it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't want to, I don't think go much further than that with the primary. So I have um, quite a few up there. Uh, but again, that's because that theme supports it. Every theme is different. So you've got to find that out, find out where it displays those navigation links. Is it on the side? Is it on the top? Do they have a footer navigation menu? Some websites do that too. Um, some websites have what they call breadcrumbs that are like they take you back from where you are to the to the previous page and you can click on each one of them as a link, you know, and some of them have a search uh, box on their main page. Some of them have social media links and a lot of this stuff can be turned off if you have a theme that has it. Most times it's able to be disabled too if you don't want it. So, you know, there are websites that have, a, you know, social media links on every single page, right? you know, like on Facebook, show, you know, show, share on Twitter and, and, you know, a whole bunch of these things. Well, if you don't want that, you can usually turn them off in most themes uh, under your, you know, your settings. But again, this is all the kind of stuff you need to keep in mind up front. Do I want it? Because once you have made the decision, it's a lot easier than to know what you're working with. It's a lot easier to know what, um, what to look for if you know what you want and what you don't want. Um, you know, I was very, very set from day one on having an actual contact form, even though I also provide a phone number and I provide an iMessage address for people to get a hold of me. But I also wanted a form because that makes it easy for those people who prefer to use it that way, uh, you know, to have that. And, and also it looks a bit more professional. Um, you know, quite honestly, I prefer when they have their phone numbers on the site or their, you know, way to chat with them. And so that's what I've done as well. But being realistic about it, most professional websites have a contact form. And so, you know, that was important to me. Um, the, the ability to have, and we've actually struggled with this because there's some inconsistency between WordPress and, um, Apple Calendar. And so unfortunately, we've had some trouble bringing this to fruition on Trainer Cliff's website, but uh, we haven't given up. It's just we got to wait for WordPress and Apple to maybe release some more updates. Actually, we haven't tried it since some of the more recent updates to see. Um, but there's a nice feature that, at least in theory, will, and it does work for me. I, I had it set up prior to this, um, that will let you 
create a public calendar using your Apple Calendar app on iCloud. And once you create that public calendar, anything you add to it automatically shows up on the calendar on your website. Okay. It just shows up. You don't have to do anything else. So it's so simple because, you know, I, I have a training event or whatever. I can just put it on the web, uh, put it on the calendar on, on my iPhone or iPad. And, you know, within minutes it shows up. Um, this is awesome. And it works great when it, 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 like I said, there's some issues right now, but uh, there are other ways, you know, there's a lot of great calendar um, add-ons that you can, you know, in the form of plugins and things like that as well. But, uh, you know, again, numerous options. Um, audio players and video players. We can, uh, and guys, by the way, I'm in, I'm on my way out of the house. So if you lose me or I lose you for a second, I will be back. I know trainer Cliff can hold down the fort if that happens, but we're just, you know, going to transition from Wi-Fi to cellular. We could have an issue uh, for a moment. So if I stop, if you stop hearing me, Cliff, just jump in and I'll be right back. If you would, I, <laughs> um, but there are, uh, you know, you can embed audio players, video players into your site so that you can have YouTube videos, you know, playing on your site when people click play. Um, and, and podcasts. Cliff, actually, that's a good idea. While I'm getting in the car, why don't you tell it? Because you and I do the same thing for our podcast. Maybe you give them a little info about that. Well, more recently, I've been using a different method, but I'll go with what I, what I used to do, which is Basically, with our podcast, we record it um, possibly with um, Backpack or Zoom because they both have recording features. And, well, well, Matt, he doesn't add any. He adds intro music and outro music and maybe some segment separation uh, music. But um, I like to ask. Cliff, we lost you. Cliff. Now that is the definition of irony, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Live broadcasting. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, that's funny. Can you still, can you still hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. We hear you. Okay. I'm just thinking it's going to, I'm thinking it's going to cut out for a second here, but I, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll keep talking because we did lose Cliff for a minute. Um, what, what he was, I think, going to say, there are WordPress actually has hosting. If you want to have a podcast, you can you know record your podcast. Then you can create a, uh, a page to display your podcasts. And one of the things WordPress um, has with its posts is categories okay when i create a post is it a blog post is it a podcast is it a uh you know um a uh, a calendar entry what is it and so if you categorize it as a podcast um then it automatically has all the settings that it needs to be a podcast so that's built into wordpress the problem with it the downside to it at least as i saw it is that you have to do your own submissions podcast sites and places that have podcasts like apple podcasts and 
you know, Google and Spotify and all these, they don't host your podcasts for you. What, what they do is they point to them. You have to send them a link to your podcast feed, okay, on your own website. And that's fine because I already told you WordPress has storage and WordPress uh, supports podcasts. So you can, you know, you can send Apple your WordPress podcast feed. But the problem is you have to submit to each individual podcast place yourself. I would have to contact Apple and, and say, here's the title of my podcast. Here's the cover art. Here's the link to the feed. Here's the description. Then I'd have to contact Spotify and say, here's the name of my podcast. Here's the feed. Here's the, you know, same thing for every company. And so that was not very appealing to me because, again, it seemed like a lot of extra steps that maybe there were some professionals out there already doing. And the one that we went with was a company called Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And they actually happen to be owned by Spotify now. They were not when I started. And due to some things that I'm not thrilled with about Spotify, sometimes that kind of gives me the shivers to say it. But as of right now, at this moment, they're still serving me well. And I really can't find any better solution at this moment. And so I've still got to recommend Anchor. Um, what they do is they host and submit. So you create your podcast, you record it in their app if you want to, or you can record it in any app. I, I use voice memos and garage band and backpack studio. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, that's how I do it. And uh, that's tends to be how trainer cliff has done it as well. And then we bring them into anchor. We can import that audio in Anchor, we've created our podcast name, description, cover art, all that stuff. And then Anchor goes to work for you. They do the heavy lifting. So they submit to Apple. They submit to Google. They submit to, to Breaker. They submit to Radio Public. They submit to all of these different companies. And your podcast immediately becomes live on dozens of podcast services instead of you having to do it one by one. And so when I then make my WordPress podcast page. I just say, hey, I'm on Apple Podcasts. Here's the link. Subscribe. I'm on Google Podcasts. Here's the link. You know, here's my anchor profile. Rather than it being part of WordPress, it's just a link then that, that goes out to those other services. And actually now Apple has informed us that they have a way for you to embed an Apple podcast player right into your website. I haven't tried it to see if WordPress supports it yet. Typically, WordPress does, in, you know, they do support that kind of embed code. So it, it probably will work, but I've not, I've not done it yet. But it should be just as simple as a copy and paste. I think it's actually Anchor that, um, that announced that, actually, if I, I can't remember. But, you know, that, that will make it even nicer because if I have a specific podcast that I want to feature right on a web page or a blog post, then I can embed that, you know, uh, that, that'll be a nice uh, added step, I think. Um, Cliff, are you, are you able to, can, can we hear you now? I don't know. I saw him come back. Yeah, I heard him come back too. I think what makes sense, um, there's probably a lot of gaps in, in what we've covered so far and a lot of questions that people have because it's a big topic, um, so I think what maybe makes sense, if, if, if Trainer Cliff wants to, to discuss the podcast thing further, once he can be heard again, that would be great. But uh, just to give you another perspective, but I, I also think what would really be good is to just let you guys ask your questions and let that determine 
the remainder of the time, uh, and, and I'll try to answer the questions the best I can, um, if that's good for you guys. Would you like me to tell people how to raise their hand, Matt? If, if you would, if you would. All right. If you're on your computer, raise your hand as Alt-Y. If you're on a phone, it is on your screen. Double tap on raise hand. And if you're on a Mac, it's option Y. And if you're on a landline, it is star nine. William, you, you may unmute. Hi, Matt. Um, so I, I, sorry. Um, I had a question about, um, I started my own blog and, um, you know, I wanted to talk about my podcast and I also wanted to talk about, um, you know, technology that I use to help me out just to, um, you know, educate people. But um, is a blog a good way to get more exposure for a podcast as well? It is. Um, there are some things and I'm glad you brought that up because one thing I did want to talk about is some best practices. Um, and that's important. There are some things to keep in mind to help your blog get exposure. And I do want to cover those briefly because I think they apply to you, but they, they will also help everybody. It's one thing I forgot to talk about. Um, for one thing, one of the most important things that you can do with a blog is to blog regularly. And that's true even if you have a paid website, right? So I, I don't even blog nearly as often as I should, not even close. Uh, and, and, you know, that's something I, I will address at some point and, and really should do more blogging. Um, I, you know, I do have, we do have trainer, uh, Rita who releases her iDevice advice on our website every week that does help. Uh, but really ideally if you can blog, you know, four to six times a week, um, that is, is good practice, uh, using, in, using relevant keywords in your website, uh, body or blog, you know, description in this case, if it's just a blog, um, if you do end up upgrading to a paid website, you know, that, that would give you your own domain, that's very helpful in search results. And then, you know, a lot of it just comes down to doing things that get people to your website. And when people start coming to your website, that tells Google and the other ones to move you up in the search results so that they can be found. And I'll give you a practical uh, analogy to that. If you've ever noticed a lot of the app developers in the app store, right, when you download an app to your Apple devices, for example, a lot of them say, hey, make sure you leave a, a, a good five-star rating and review our app in the app store because it helps us. Uh, why does it help them? Well, the reason it helps them is because the more attention an app is getting, especially good attention, the more that's going to come up. So that if I go to the search field in the app store and I search grocery list, there's probably hundreds of grocery list apps. What determines how high the, 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 the ranking is? What determines the one I'm going to see first? And a lot of the companies criticize Apple and they say, oh, they put their own stuff. No, they don't. What happens is the more something is searched, the more something is downloaded, the more prominence it gets. That's true on YouTube. That's true across the board. So whatever you can do that's a positive, good thing to try to get people to your website is very important. And one of the things that I've done, and I don't know if this is available on the free 
blogs or not. I don't know which blog system you're using anyway. But on WordPress, in in even some of the uh, more basic plans, um, they have a feature called widgets. And a widget, just like it is on the iPhone, it, it you know it's a similar concept, but it's a little bit different. But it's you know it's relevant information that's posted on all your pages, and it can be off to the side, it can be you know wherever. And people put you know a calendar widget, people put a contact. We can do whatever you want. Well, yeah, I have man. a blog subscription. Oh hi, uh, oh, you I, guys I have can a finally hear me. Yeah, we can hear you now. That yep. was weird. I had to unplug my headset from my computer and then plug it back up for you guys to hear me because I've been unmuted for the, like the last twenty minutes, but you couldn't hear me. No, that's really odd. Really odd. Um, I think it's M1 checked. <laughs> so I have a, a, a subscribe to blog widget on my website. So does Cliff. And, and that's how when we tell people, hey, go to the website. And, and you've all heard us say many times, subscribe to the blog. Enter your email address so that you'll be able to follow the blog. That's how that's done through a widget. And because people do that, again, that's another way you can get that more prominent attention. The more people that do it. The, the better off your website's going to be. So yeah, answer your question. I, that was probably a lot longer of an answer than you were looking for, but I, I had forgotten to share that with everybody anyhow. Um, yes, it's a good thing. Yes, it, it will help. But for your, it, it's in your best interest to try to make sure you're doing some of those best practices then to actually get prominent exposure. You Unlike, in, in spite of what a lot of people think, you cannot pay to have your search result rankings improved. Google offers these AdWord things and, and Yahoo and some of these other companies. I've never done that. That doesn't actually guarantee you better search result placement. It puts you in those advertised search result ad things. And a lot of people ignore those anyway. And there's no guarantee that's going to result in a quote unquote conversion, you know, where somebody would actually pay you for something. And so consequently, I, I've never found it to be worth it. It doesn't really help in the regular rankings, you've got to kind of play the game to get where you need to go into the, in the regular rankings. Okay. The next question is from Abrahi and I apologize if I butchered your name, but you may unmute. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, hey Matt, quick, quick presentation. Um, I'm just wondering, I'm thinking I have a bunch of old video shows on something called Mixcloud. And you mentioned WordPress can do um, audio integration. So could I perhaps um, add like a MixCloud or SoundCloud player to a website if I made one? Um, there's, there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, if you're trying to integrate audio into your site, there's built-in audio players that you can actually upload the audio file directly to WordPress and put a player there. Um, there is, I do believe I've seen a SoundCloud. Um, it's either a widget or it's embed code that you, that, uh, WordPress is famous for what they call short codes. And just a, a few letters of code can, can cause amazing things to happen because of the coding they've done behind the scenes. And it's either a short code or it's an, I forget, but they, I do believe they've got some kind of SoundCloud support. Uh, on their website and there you know there's a lot of different ways to do that so what you're looking for is definitely doable just you know when you're when you're shopping for a wordpress plan make sure that the plan that you choose um includes what you're looking to do most of the you know they have plans that range in price from besides the free one that is uh they have plans that range in price from like four dollars a month if paid annually to probably like forty dollars a month if paid annually. And, and yeah, I, I, um, I tried doing that a long time ago with 
uh, free WordPress and I guess I didn't know what I was doing, but I did download an app called Mars Edit. Um, I wonder if anybody had used that as well. I that's think blog, that's the best blogging app there is for the Mac. I, I, I can that. never get, get it to work, but I guess I didn't know what I was doing. I guess I'll try again. Yeah, on, on the Mac, that would be the way to go. But on, on yeah. your iPad or iPhone, you're really yeah. going to be best off just using the WordPress. I don't think it's offered, Matt. I don't think blog ed, it, it, Mars Ed is only offered for the Mac. It's not a, I think it is only Mac anyway, right? But yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a wonderful app. That's what I use uh, when I'm on my Mac because I can copy and paste and embed links and the same yeah. formatting things you can do with pages you can do with for, with uh, Mars Edit. Do you have any like um, any tutorials or anything like that, Quick? Like you can no, I mean, it's navigate. it's basic navigation. I mean, if you know how to exactly. navigate the Mac, you know how to navigate Mars Edit. I mean, there's okay. a couple of things you need to listen for to make yeah. sure that you're in the text field. I mean, yeah. I'd be happy to go over it with you one day because I have it on my Mac. So, I mean, yeah, I, put, I appreciate it because I didn't buy it. Well, send, me a, send, me a, send me an email tonight because I'm actually doing a session tomorrow with a couple of I, I will. And, and I sent you an email about the Mac in the morning. That's right, you know. Actually, we're calling it. Well, not we. I came up with the name. Matt doesn't even know yet because he doesn't look at his calendar. But it's called Monday Morning Mac Cafe. Is what it's called. Okay, but I did. <laughs> I, I did send you an email there. I just wanted to let you know. Yep. Yep. Okay. I put you on the list. Okay. That's my appreciate it, guys. Only. Appreciate no it. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Cheryl. All right, thank you. Cheryl, you may unmute. Okay. Sorry guys. Hi. Hi. Um, do you know uh is there does WordPress have a specific accessibilities number, phone number, contact, somehow to contact because I found it with Wix, but it took me I had to go way along the along the bend. So I'm wondering, do you guys know of WordPress having a accessibilities? I've never had a phone conversation with WordPress. When you sign okay. up for a when you when you sign up for a paid plan, yeah. they offer a they offer a phone call from one of their I think they call them happiness engineers that will will help you. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> okay. They will call you at a time of your choosing, but they also offer a really really good chat system, which is how I've always communicated with them. And it you know it is in real time when they've got people mm-hmm. available, and they're mm-hmm. very very good and very friendly. I prefer that okay. yeah yeah I do too, but you do okay. have to be, you do have to be a paying customer to get that chat support. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, and just so people know too, um, Wix Wix has been very good on my website for my other you know I'm looking at WordPress for a blog, but I went on LinkedIn and got the CEO's information huh? <laughs> went that way, and I finally did get someone in accessibility hey, to help me. Resources. <laughs> And did a great job. So anyway, sometimes we need to go a little bit higher. So thanks, yep. guys. Always a pleasure. Always no great. Problem. Thank you. I, I actually, Matt, I misspoke. It's actually called Monday Matt Cafe is what I called it. That's all your questions right now, Matt. Okay. Okay. Did you, um, I heard you say something about you want me to talk about the podcast a little bit more. Yeah, I did go over, you know, kind of the way I do it, but yeah, I'll let you go ahead and do that. I mean, we, you know, we have a little bit of time left, so yeah. Yeah, um, I was saying, I, I don't know where I got cut off at, but I was basically saying that I like to add background music, sound effects, applause when, I mean, I do a sports broadcast and every now and again I have my little brother, my brother-in-law, he says some silly 
actually outlandish stuff sometimes. So I like to add fail horns and, and, and weird sounds when he says something that's absolutely absurd. So it, you know, you, you can have a little fun with it. I mean, there's a lot of tools out there. You can do every, you can do all this from your iPad um, with backpack. And as Matt mentioned, anchor, I'm not happy that they are owned by Spotify. Cause I have no interest in Spotify, but Hey, you can't argue with what we like to call free 99. So as long as they're doing it for me and doing all the heavy lifting and putting it on all the pop podcast sites that, you know, I'll, I'll continue to be there. But me and Matt have been looking into possibly, you know, learning how to do that stuff ourselves. So we don't have to depend on them just in case they decide that we bad mouth them too much that they want to kick us off their platform. So <laughs> you never know. Um, more recently though, since I got my M1 Mac, um, I've been using a program called Loopback. And um, what's the other one called? Matt, help me out. Um, the, the sound effects one. What is that one called? Um, Fargo. Far- Fargo. Fargo. So I've been using that because with Loopback, I can I can bring up to 64 audio sources into one source to be recorded in one spot. So Fargo is my soundboard, and I can have up to 88 sounds on my keyboard. So I could just push – if I had it program if i had a, um that um configuration program to my headset now i could show you but um you can push one key for one sound effect and or two keys that simultaneously have two sound effects then with um loopback it brings all those sources as if i was like blc if i was playing a movie facetime audio if i was talking to somebody there even skype or zoom i could bring all that into one source have them people all talk to each other and record it with one doc you know one source one source of recorder like voice memos audio hijack pro or you know any any recording sound that i can do so more recently i've been playing with that it's been a little I ain't gonna say choppy, but I'm I'm still getting to learn my system a little bit. My so my podcasts have been a little bit uh, not as perfected as I would like them lately. But hey, you live and learn, and, and ain't no better teacher than experience. But yes, yeah, so I've been using Loopback and Fargo on the Mac, on the iPad and iPhone. I use Backpack Anchor and voice memos like Matt does. So I mean, it's, it's all about personal preference, what you're comfortable with, and what you like using. So I mean, there's a lot of resources out there. So don't ever think you have to limit yourself to just one or two of them. And while we're talking about um, apps that we use, I do just want to go back to the actual WordPress app itself. Yeah, um, I, on, I love it. I mean, I do use Mars Edit on the on the Mac, but I actually prefer on the the WordPress on the phone. Yeah. Um, on on the, on the iPad, especially, I don't I really don't care too much for it on the phone. I actually like it better on the on the iPad myself. Yeah, I, I use it only on the iPad, really, and uh, it is a great app. It's very accessible with VoiceOver. Um, recently WordPress introduced or automatic, the company behind them introduced a new block editor. Now this is the sighted users dream. Okay. Because it gives sighted users something much more like a page layout experience where they can put text boxes and they can put photos and then they can move things around and, and all of this. And it is visually amazing. It tends to be a bit of a challenge to screen readers. I have not done, I have not used the block editor for anything much on WordPress yet, just because I'm so used to doing it in their classic mode. This is where, however, this is where I trump Matt a little bit because I actually have, and I actually like it. Because if you copy and paste or you write stuff, 
you know, directly, it actually these block editors separate. So, like, say, for instance, I say, okay, join us for our help session, yada, 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 and I put a link there. It'll put the link in its own block. Right. Right. It'll put yeah. a picture in its own block. That's and then the if you write some it. more, and then you can move these blocks up and down. Like, say I said, oh, that link's in the wrong spot. I can, you know, uh, d- double tap on that block, and it'll ask me if I want to move it up, move it down, or delete it. So it it, exactly. it actually can, if once you get used to it, it, it's actually a nice little feature. And, and that's what I was going to say. The little bit that I have played with it, it actually seems completely accessible like I, I don't think there's any problems with it i just haven't really delved into it yet uh you know a lot of times when i'm posting it's something i need to get up there real quick and so i just haven't but yeah i to my knowledge i i would agree with cliff 100 percent. it seems accessible it seems to give you more control and one of the other things that there was always a little bit of a gap between what was available in the wordpress app and what was available on WordPress.com. There were some features that the app just didn't support. You had to go to WordPress.com. Now, WordPress.com works on the iPad because iPad is a desktop browser and it's fully accessible also, but it was never as convenient as doing it in the app. But now with the block editor, that's going to bring everything to an equal playing field. Everything is going to be available in the block editor. As a matter of fact, there's new features already being rolled out to only the block editor and so it, it really is i think in everyone's best interest to embrace that thing even though i'm i'm i haven't yet fully done it but i not in not on principle just i haven't taken the time to do it i will uh, and i really think it's the way things are going to be moving if you if you're nervous about it at first um there's a more button when you compose a page or a post and you can say switch to classic editor and and then just for that i did see an article more recently though that said that that button will be leaving sometime soon so we will have no choice but to use right i i saw that too i think that was directly from wordpress that that i saw that actually that eventually it's you're going to have to use the block and again that's fine because it is accessible uh so you know i think um just to finish up and then we'll see if there's any final questions you know truly the sky's the limit, right? I mean, you're limited only by your vision and your imagination for these websites. Anything you've seen, you know, again, rotating uh, banners and sliders, downloadable files, you know, people purchase something and they need to be able to download it. Uh, Redemption codes, um, you know, chat systems, even the iMessage uh, business chat, you know, and calendar integration, really complex forms, um, embedded audio players, all of this stuff is possible. Not all of it's free. Some of it requires additional services. Some of it requires additional setup, but it is all available. And so what you can do with a website is truly amazing. The most important thing you can do, as I said, is to start out with a vision for what you want. I had no interest when I first started in doing the full credit card, Apple pay thing. I just didn't see the need at that time. So I got a, you know, a less expensive plan. Then as my business began to grow, praise God, and I started getting more paying customers, I said, you know, I need a way to accept regular credit cards and I really want to accept Apple Pay. I don't want to always have to funnel this through PayPal checkout because that's what the, the one that I use. Uh, does it have an option for Zelle? Because that's another popular payment way too. Um. It uses, I'll tell you what it uses on the back end. It uses the Stripe uh, 
company that processes the credit card and, and all of those things. And that so might be what, and that might be geared more towards the personal. Like if I was going to send no like my mom because she has that other device or my sister who has that other device, it might be more geared towards the personal like the cash app or Zell. I, I think PayPal. Zell is. I think you're right. I think you're right. But the one thing I do like about it is there's no there's no hoops to get through to get it to your bank account. So if I call my mom up, say, you know, send me $300. If she sends it through Zelle, it's going directly into my account. I do not right. have to say, send this our, to my account or pay a fee to do it. So Our bank recently started supporting that too. Of course, I don't use it because I prefer Apple Pay Cash, but yes, it, it does. Our bank supports it, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I could be wrong, Cliff, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you're when you had your cafe, you may have been using Stripe as the back end. I mean, it's very, very It probably popular. was because it was owned by Square. I was using Square anyway. Right, so and I'm you sure. were using Square. That's right. So you did. That's right. So I mean, anything that Stripe supports, the website will support once I get the, the front end stuff done. You know, that's how we get Apple Pay. It'll accept Android Pay, which I really don't care about, but it's there. You know, so all, all of these uh, all of these platforms, because Stripe supports them, I can enable them. So, yeah. Yep. All right. So, any uh, any final thoughts, Cliff? Before we, um, I mean, uh, just got- to let people know that you know, Word, like we said, WordPress, you can start out with the free. If you get into it, like some people do, I mean, I know some people who blog. Matt said you should do it at least four or six times a week. I know people who write in their blogs at least three times a day. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't read that much, let alone write that much. So, <laughs> um. Only the only time I really blog is when I'm gonna have an event or something like that. I, I'd rather talk to you than yeah, I, maybe they should get a. I, I think they do have a video blog, but I don't even know if I would do that. So I mean, <laughs> that would, yeah, that would be like YouTube or something, you know, right. which I'm starting to get more into doing. But uh, yeah, I but mean, yeah, I, I think I like the yeah. podcasting thing right now, and right. I do want to get with you too, Matt, because there there's got to be a way for us to live feed like you were just talking about the YouTube stuff, like people do Facebook Live and stuff like that. Because we we yeah. explored it, but we've not really got delve into it. And it might be a good another way to get our platforms out there too. So exactly, exactly. But yeah, but WordPress is free. You can you can actually create as many blogs as you want to. It gets into the paid stuff when you want to, you know, advertise a business or you want to get your word out there and get your your stuff more up in the search engine. But I mean, it's it's completely accessible. I mean, I mean, I know some people like to use GoDaddy and some freelist.org and stuff like that, but um for me, WordPress is where it's at because it does everything for you. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Matt, you have two questions and you have about eight minutes. So, Donna, go ahead and unmute. Evening, gentlemen. How are you? How's it going? Good. Uh, I just have a shortcut. It has nothing to do really with the web stuff. I just need to know when your next help session is. That depends. Well, let me rephrase. The scheduled next help session is next Tuesday at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. They're every Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday and Thursday at um, 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And then every second and fourth Saturday, we have one at 1 Eastern, 12 Central. So, I mean, if you subscribe to ttjtech.net or stirredup.com, we post them both places when they're going to happen. So, Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm just curious if uh, I, I, I would seen it like I, I couldn't remember if one was tomorrow or not because nope, tomorrow's I, the third saturday i think so yeah the next one uh, will be the 23rd I have, I have to work when your next help session is okay. um but i just had a real simple question but go ahead what did, uh, what did you... okay so um 
it's it's different from what we just talked about. If that's okay, um, so for the Apple Watch, um, can you have a separate cellular plan from the cellular plan you already have? My cellular plan does not support Apple Watch. Let's just say that. What? Oh. Your, who's your carrier? <laughs> I have um, Cricket. Oh, okay. Oh, and they don't support an Apple Watch plan, huh? No, and I even contacted them and asked them if they planned on doing it, and they said no. So do you have any any desire or interest or willingness to switch carriers, or is there a reason you're with Cricket? I'm just curious. I'm with them because um, they're affordable, and um, okay. I, I was on Verizon. I kept dropping calls, and um, it's... I know that Cricket uses the AT and T network. Right, Cricket uses AT and T. So um, now, I mean, I need you, to go to them. You have a reason for wanting a cellular? I mean, because you could get a Wi Fi one that and it would do just fine. Yeah, I already bought the cellular one because I thought that I could do it this way. Because they're they told when I talked to Apple, they said yes, but right. I just haven't seen it out there where I can. And. I don't think they understood what I was asking them um, because they're just, I'm just seeing where you can add it onto your plan for $10. I'm not seeing anywhere where you can um, just have them. For they your- don't, the Apple watch you have to have, I've never seen a carrier offer watch only plans. I know the iPad does, you know, you can have an iPad plan on like AT&T or T-Mobile or something without having a mm. phone plan. Yeah, it's a little more costly, but it, they do offer it. Um, yeah, I, I've not seen that with the watch. Um, okay. I, what I would, you know, um, I don't know. I'm not even sure what Cricket's rates are at this yeah. point. I, I think if you have I get two lines, if, you I know, get because two they're lines. affordable, because they're affordable, and you don't want to leave them. Yeah, I think uh, either not getting a watch, which I know you don't want to do, but go the you know the secondary route and just getting one that you know is not cellular but will still pair with your iphone and as long as you have your phone with you it will work just fine and even if you don't because i go to the store sometimes to leave my phone at home but my watch has been connected to like walmart or sam's Club wi-fi before so when i go in there i still get text messages even though my phone is not nearby it's probably not supposed to work that Uh way but it does now will because i did already get the watch will it work for me okay without yes it will you can have you can just like an ipad if it has cellular data you don't have to have cellular on it okay so it's good because i'm thinking it's good to have just in case the only because with cricket i get um i get two lines for 80 dollars. that includes all everything taxes fees blah 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 yeah, that that's actually not. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do, and it's your finances. I don't know them, but that's actually not as far as you would think from something like AT and T or T Mobile. I know these companies advertise like they're saving you billions, but uh-huh. it, it really isn't as far as you might think from some of the other companies. I mean, it's a little less, but yeah, I mean, you you know, you weigh that out over time. But but what you yeah. said is, is perfect. well, I'll definitely you check it out. It. Yeah, you can use the the watch without ever adding a cellular plan to it and and so that's you can just keep going that way indefinitely okay. if that's what you want okay to yeah because yeah, yeah. if i decide to change because i'm gonna definitely check this out because i need yeah. a new phone too i need a new ipad more but <laughs> well, okay. you've come to the right place <laughs> right, yeah. for sure let us know what we can do to help you out and we'll do it 
All right. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Take care. I think there was one more question. No, they lowered their hand. So I guess they didn't want to ask. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before we go, I just want to advertise a little bit since I know we're on ACB radio live because I just got a text from one of y'all's listeners. But (laughs) I just want to let people know that I am launching this Monday, every first and third Monday. It's called Monday Mac Cafe, and it will be co-hosted with me by you. Um, ACB's own Tyson. He's um helping me out with that, you know, managing the chat and, you know, letting people raise their hands and stuff like that. So to get him for more information about that, just subscribe to the blog. As we always say, stir it up at right. what ain't at. It's just stir it up.com and it's stir is spelled with a U. That's right. That's right. And remember, uh, as we already said to someone else, our, our next help session is on Tuesday. And um, for those who are in our class on Monday and, and you can Subscribe also to uh, ttjtech.net, ttjtech.net. You'll get all that information. Check out our podcasts, TTJ Talk, and Stir It Up with a U um, on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast platforms. So thanks for tuning in today, and uh, God bless you all. We'll be back next week.